This is Work From Home, the podcast that helps you stay connected, productive, and sane while working remotely. And today you are not alone. You are joined by other remote workers who are sitting at home far from their colleagues and uh, trying to do the best they can to be, you know, to just be, just be better. Um, <laughs> what am I talking about? Alex, hello. Hello. <laughs> I am doing my best to be better. <laughs> exactly. I don't know what I mean by that, but here we are. Uh, we're talking about an article that we found today about the future of remote work. And when we did a survey recently, one of the most common things that people wanted to hear more about was what does the future of remote work look like? We're sitting here in our home offices or our spare bedrooms or our sofas um, and wondering what the heck is our things going to look like in, in six months, 12 months time. And um, one article that we found actually is, is sort of highlighted a few potential outcomes or, or, or ways that we might be headed. And, and what the writer of this article, Christine Rowe, talks about is that uh, the future of work is um, hybrid, i.e. a kind of combination of remote work and um, office-based stuff. So what's, what's, uh, what's this all about, Alex? Well, it's basically this vision of work after the pandemic is now crystallizing. You know, we've had a lot of talk about what it could be, how people have been managing the sort of ad hoc systems that people have been putting in place. But as we sort of look forward to next year, it seems as though there is a new picture of work full stop emerging. You know, one of the top lines in this article says that over half of US workers want a mixture of home and office working. And that in China, they are looking at a 60-40 split of on-site remote work within the next decade. So as many people have been saying, three days in the office, two days out of the office. So this is no longer necessarily just a sort of pie-in-the-sky discussion, but it seems as though people are actually looking at what the new normal will be to use that horribly cliched expression. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, the, the UK numbers are pretty, pretty impressive as well. Like in the UK, it says here, employers expect the proportion of regular home workers to double from 18% pre-pandemic to 37% post-pandemic, which is, that's a big jump. So I think more and more of us have got to get used to the idea of what, what hybrid looks like. And so what does hybrid look like, do you think? It says here that it's going to be a new way of working that's actually designed to be hybrid rather than hybrid by sort of necessity or emergency as it has been so far. This idea that you'd have days in the office and because the fact that you're in the office is now a novel and specific thing, you would use those days to actually talk to other people and have your meetings and do your collaborative work. And maybe you don't have the cubicles or the corner offices anymore, but you just have meeting rooms. Yep. Really cool. I mean, I love that idea. The thought of just like busting out all the meetings you need to have in a condensed period of time, enjoying spending time with your colleagues and then going home and doing the doing work without distraction and interruption. I mean, that sounds pretty awesome to me. It also kind of highlights the the, the fact that actually remote work and hybrid doesn't just mean um, sort of freedom of location, but it's freedom of time as well. Because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter when you're logging on to do your work, so long as you're doing, you know, your allotted, however you measure the quantity of work that you have to do, whether it's just eight hours or whether it's you've got stuff that needs to get done. I think, yeah, the time that you're doing that becomes less and less relevant, which is, which is really cool, I think. There's an interesting example of a company called Novos, who 
have this system where instead of having specific days in or out the office or even having their own office, each employee gets a budget to spend on a co-working space and they can spend that as they please throughout the month. So basically you just kind of pick and choose. You know, you obviously there's there's a specific amount of money and probably a specific amount of time, but you can kind of use that as you'd like. But with all this sort of new freedom and the way work is looking after the pandemic and lockdown, there are some issues that have been crystallizing as well as the the benefits. Right, yeah. So what are the what are the downsides then? Yeah, it's things that we've mentioned before, you know, not everybody's home situation is the same. But something else which I think is slightly newer and kind of more interesting is this idea of there being almost a power dynamic between the people who do come in and the people who don't come in. And that maybe this idea of having certain groups of people in and certain groups of people out could create cliques or at the very least just a perception of a difference in importance between people. Yeah, because I, I remember we spoke with Sean Blander a while ago um, on an episode and Sean's written a really interesting article on um, the title quite pro- provocatively was, uh, you know, the future of remote work is going to suck or, or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, so forgive me, Sean. But one of the sort of reasons that he cites for it being a problem is that it can stifle your career development and you can be basically, ultimately, it's he was suggesting that you can be much more easily replaced if you're working remotely. And I think that really ties into the point you're making about this kind of power dynamic. It's like if you're competing, for want of a better word, for a promotion against a, a colleague, for example, uh, and your colleague is spending all their time in the office and you're spending all your time remotely, it would be much, much easier for for, for you to be overlooked for that promotion or, or even just be easier to say no to because you're not in the office, whereas the person that's kind of got FaceTime with the boss is kind of getting that advantage, which which I think is really interesting. So I think it's going to, that may well play an, an impact on the choices people make around the, the sort of level of the level of hybrid, you know, the extent to which they're at home versus in the office. Yeah, it seems to be they talk about this idea that, you know, you get more freedom on the one hand, but there are new responsibilities that come in with it. Maybe it's not enough to just acknowledge that there'll be these differences, but you need to now do something to sort of combat them. It also, in the article, it also mentions this idea of um, there being an enormous social, economic and racial inequality between um, people that can can work from home and those that can't. Like, what's she saying about that? Yeah, well, I mean, if you live in an area with poor infrastructure, then you'll find it more difficult to work online. You know, if you're a woman who in, you know, the majority of households in the UK, at least, and probably globally as well, they do a larger percentage share of the unpaid housework. So you're already expected to do more in the house as well as work. If you have kids as well, and you know, if you're somebody who's, you know, from part of a group that's underrepresented already, then being stuck at home might not help that at all when it comes to work as well. Yeah. That's just a yet another reminder of being a white British male and just the just massively unfair advantage we have. Anyway, um, so that is definitely one of the darker sides of the hybrid work situation. I wonder on the, you know, so we, we sort of, we have talked about some of the benefits and looked at some of the potential downsides of it. What's the, what's the best balance that, that we can kind of come up with, do you think? 
basically the recommendations here is just for as much communication as possible, communication and transparency, so that everybody can, so that there can be a consistent conversation that happens amidst the changing work environment with people going into the office and out of the office, that there is one central conversation that's happening that links everyone together so that even if you do get the feeling of, oh, I'd actually quite like to be in the office today whilst everyone else is in there, you're getting to chat to each other, at least you're not excluded from the conversation. Yeah. So we're talking about the future here. This is all very speculative and we're wondering about what it might be and what's going to be best for everybody. What is, what are you hoping is going to happen? We'd love to hear your thoughts around what the future is looking like, but not necessarily, you know, looking into a crystal ball and trying to understand what it looks like for everybody. But what do you want it to be like um, for you? Uh, I think for everyone, that answer is very different. You can email us at wfh at lowerstreet.co. If you enjoyed this conversation or indeed any of the conversations that Alex and I waffle on about on this podcast, we would love it if you could share it with one person or more than one person that you think would uh, would also benefit from it. It really helps us reach more remote workers like us. And as ever, we'll be back every Monday, Wednesday and Friday with new WFH stuff. Thanks very much for listening.